Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 400, part three of the big birthday bash. The return to the whiffing. If you've not listened to part one and part two, what are you doing? This is no time to join a party. Everyone knows you join a party at the beginning, you pay attention and make notes until the end so you can follow all the storylines of the party. Thank you for tuning in. As ever, we're brought to you by speechdevelopmentrecords.com, which is where you can head to get the beautiful vinyl that we talked about in part one. You can support by going over to patreon.com forward slash pip. I've not really mentioned that on these big birthday specials, but um, it's another w- way to support if you fancy putting in some uh, or chipping into the calls. Uh, but yeah, let's get on with part three. It's, you know... Drinks are flowing, it's starting to get messy. Opinions will be honest. We will rib each other. So um brace yourselves and uh enjoy. Let's go. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. Cups want some. Well, that's a weird, a weird way to start. <laughs> <laughs> For many people, that isn't even a name. Just start with Stu saying, and Cubs want some. <laughs> Welcome to part three of the return to the whiff in the big birthday bash. And you know we always end up talking about MMA at some point on these things. Let's talk a little mm. bit about mixed martial arts. Wow. And let's start oh, with... Fucking hell. Really? It's got to be the starting point. Connor and Dustin. Ah, oh, fuck him. Fuck Dustin. This, Connor should have won that fight, right? <laughs> yeah, genuinely, this will be, I think, of appeal to people who are MMA fans and people who aren't because mm. it's a discussion of mm. just the media in in many ways. So my thought on the Connor and Dustin match was it was a shame it went how it did. Yeah, Because for those who don't no know, Connor McGregor lost because of a doctor's stoppage. His shin got snapped. There's been endless armchair analysis of when it snapped and what happened. Um, But equally, people have been in uproar about what Connor said post-fight. Stu, you and Blake discussed it on the MMA Fan Podcast, Mm -hmm. which I can't recommend enough. Um, My view was the UFC are in the wrong for putting a camera and a microphone in someone's face when they've literally just snapped their ankle. Anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while will know I'm no Conor McGregor fan anymore. Mm -hmm. Out of us three, I was one of the earliest to be like, I'm not interested anymore. This guy's done my head in. I'd agree with that. I kind of turned on him because I think he's a bellend. But the example I kept coming up with was, it's kind of a cliche that when women are giving birth, they'll say the most horrible things about their partner. You know, it's kind of a, it's an overdone thing, but it's real because they're going. All all pregnant women are like Conor McGregor. I'd agree, but but no, they they they're literally going through a physical trauma. Yeah, so it makes you emotional. Conor had just literally snapped his shin in half. He's he's literally in the midst of trauma. He's not in in you know reacting to it or whatever else. He's literally going through physical trauma. And he said horrible things about Mm -hmm. Dustin's wife. He said horrible things in general. He made excuses. But he shouldn't have had a microphone and a camera in his face. And for me, I don't want to see Connor and the UFC together anymore um, because I can't trust them. I'll go into that further. This is a monologue now. uh, thanks for attending Do you, do you, do you, talk, do you want our input first before no, we go into that? No, I don't. No, I, no. because I'm going to keep reading. No, because I know that you've got a view because you wanted to talk about it. But, yeah, but sure. you, the thing that gets me is I don't trust the UFC and Connor together. We discussed when Connor threw that, that thing at the bus and it was horrible. Yeah. It was a real... People forget that it was a period where people was genuinely saying this is a dark period in MMA. This is sad. He's going to... He could do time. It became a WWE parody. Right? That's it. It became a thing. There was legit fighters with fights <gasps> about to happen that got injured. Ruined. Injured. Yeah. Pop it in. Glass I made it clear eyes. I didn't want your opinion at this point. Oh, but, sorry, my bad. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, completely. There was people injured. There was trauma. It was a, an embarrassing thing. 
Yet now, every time Connor fights, that is in the promo package. And the UFC at the time were like, and Dana were like, this is disgraceful. He's going to be out of the UFC. I understand him coming back into the UFC. I get that. But what I can't accept is, or, or I can't trust the UFC and Connor together anymore. Because the argument for allowing Connor to go on the mic when he sat on the floor with a snap leg was he wanted the mic. Again, I don't give a shit. You've got to protect the, the fighter in that situation. And two, it's Conor McGregor. It's good good business. And I don't think the UFC can be trusted anymore to be a sport when it comes to Conor McGregor. I think, They're I an think, entertainment I th- package I think, when it's I Conor McGregor. I think that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Is that, like, um, your brother used to list these fears many years ago. And yeah. um, it, it um, it's not clinically the best fight and the best. And when we got into it all those years ago, which you introduced me to. Um, I'm talking talking to Pip. Yeah. Because yeah, we didn't even was... know Stu back then, right? <laughs> Mate, that's like 20 years before we knew Pip. Mate, I was watching, we were, you, if you look, if you go and watch the backstreet, you know Kimbo Slice fighting yeah. Port- we're in the back yeah. background of that, aren't yeah. we? Cheering him on. You look in the background and Chris is doing spin kicks <laughs> while Kimbo is fighting <laughs> nobody's. Um. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think that... Oh, I've lost my point because oh, I'm a bit oh, pissed. Oh, the exam- you got to help me here. Connor has been responsible for the UFC becoming a much, much, much bigger organisation. Connor and Ronda. People seem to forget no, I mean, what yeah. Ronda did. I'm not taking nothing away yeah. from Ronda. No, you are, because you've got together. I Hate Ronda t-shirt. Yeah. But, um, I hate, sorry, I Hate Women t-shirt. But I know that... I know lads that... If I said, like, I love when a point starts with I know and then a burp. I know, <laughs> you know, it's going to be quality. I know that. <laughs> no, but if you, if you mention um, UFC to people, yeah. generally that conversation will involve the word Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Not that common will it involve the word Ronda Rousey. Maybe yeah, five, six years ago, yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think that there's a lot more people watch UFC now when Connor fights, whether you call them casuals or whatever, mm-hmm. they want to watch Connor yeah. because he brings 100%. what you said about entertainment. I'm and a casual. So I'm a casual. What you said about uh, Joe Rogan, like kind of crouching down I'm in not, the and, octagon. And again, I'm not even putting it necessarily on Rogan. I've got a lot of love and criticism for Rogan yeah. these days, but in that situation, he would have had someone in his ear 100%. saying, go over to Connor. It and was, in the moment... And a lot of people hated on Rogan because he said previously, I don't want to interview people who've had a concussion yep. or whatever else. And then he did that that with Connor. But I don't necessarily... I think it's easy to pile on Rogan. I think the Rogan haters and the Rogan fanboys... You know, you know Dustin as, as, said, go speak to him. You know, like, do, by, by the way, do, yeah. do you remember Dustin yeah. said, speak... Yeah. Like, do Rogan asked Dustin a question and Dustin looked at Connor, go pointed at him Connor. and said, yeah. speak to him. And also... Sorry to override this conversation somewhat because I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, don't interview someone who's under trauma. But what's he saying? What's Connor saying now? I want to hear what Connor's got to say in three months because if he's well, still he, saying he, the same unclassy he did shit. Some angry tweets when he, he was in hospital. So he's on some kind of pain drugs and they got deleted immediately. And then the first thing he's had that stayed up is him saying, Operation went well. Six week rest. Yeah, he's all positive now. So he's not gone any of it. And again, the thing that I. He's not reneged on the statements. Just to finish, what I wanted to say was I'm not surprised the UFC done it. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm not surprised. I don't want him involved anymore. Because, yeah, like. I want Connor to to fuck off and fight a Paul brother and things like that. And I agree. I agree with that. I'll watch it because it'll be entertaining or fight. Um, Pacquiao or whomever else and let it be what it is but I don't want the sport element my argument I think I said to you when uh, uh, was it Sigurdsson in in the Euros kind of what looked like he died on the pitch there Mm -hmm. was some people questioned the fact that the cameras remained on him it was beautiful that his teammates made a wall around him Every news outlet had a photo or footage of him giving the thumbs up or s- sitting up and talking because it seemed like he hadn't... It, honestly, on the pitch, it looked like he'd died. But it seemed like he was okay. No news outlet had an interview with him. 
after he's come to because that's not the time or the place. Similarly, even if you go to MMA, Weidman wasn't interviewed in the octagon after he snapped his leg against Anderson. Things like that. But because it's they... Connor, they can't help themselves. Also, also Connor did look like, as, as animated and angry as he was, he did seem very lucid and mm. I'm not saying that doesn't mean to say that doesn't mean to say that you should because but I think I think because you, of the because of what a bell in Connor has yeah, been no, in the no, past again no, don't he get me was wrong. ranting I think, and raving I, I think you should it keep, was a doctor stoppage it was a doctor like, you, yeah, you should maintain a policy and I actually agree with that like yeah. uh, not like we disagree with everything but I, I do agree like you should maintain a policy and 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 your point is right money is as as seeped into it now so much that they oh yeah will make an exception for connor mm. but then look how much he's he's showing off his lamborghini boat but i do believe that that's the reason why like too much of a good thing for the sport will will hollow it out so much quicker yeah. let's don't get people fat like we became fans because it's a wonderfully brilliant sport. Like people's backgrounds, when you get into it, I remember who's that? Who's that homie from Brazil who used to who used to be part of their fucking special forces? Tiago. Um, T- right. Go on. Paulo Tiago. Don't get it wrong. He was, was part of. Um, don't get it Bope. wrong. He was right. part of Bope. Yeah, Bape uh, or Bope. Yeah, exactly. And and like he's like Guile from Street Fighter Two. Like guy, he's like guy was from the yeah. American forces. It was always you amazing one that you were like the script. Like Rogan would always say, he's he's relaxed in the ring in in the octagon because the rest of the time he's in the favelas. He's in armed, the favelas fighting gangsters. Like, he's, he's in City of God for fuck's sake! Yeah. Like you couldn't write that. But the thing is, to get people on ball quicker, trash talk like Connor does will pull mm. them in. Let's not talk. Let's not pretend that it doesn't because I get drawn into it but it'll burn fans out quicker it'll burn the sport out it'll decredit the sport now like for as much as much uh, sugar coated goodness it is sometimes watching McGregor have a wonderful charisma and this is the thing like don't think that he doesn't that's why he's got the following he does like I'm not I'm going to throw in the word Hitler here he's not Hitler he's got no plans like Hitler but he's very good I get bought into Connor like this time round even the fact that I remember on uh, talking to you guys and saying him throwing a punch at a man in a pub is Most beyond unforgivable for me yeah and then when he returned there's a little bit of me that wants to buy into a bit of the dream that Connor is selling. And I have to be honest about it because if I wasn't and I kept on saying, oh, he's an idiot. UFC know that, mate. Mm. Not specifically you. Of course they do. I know, exactly. Obviously, they know that whatever they do, love him or hate him, when he headlines a card, whatever Connor McGregor turns up, fighting-wise... It's always exciting. Mm-hmm. It is always exciting. Is. That round was a very thrilling fight, and it was. wasn't it? Right, and, and like, and he's a good fighter. He's, he's a great fighter. Yeah. A um, lot of people are arguing because two of the judges gave that round ten eight to Poirier. Yeah, I think that was a mistake on their part because it looked like he'd been knocked down at the end there, rather than his, sh- his leg going. Like yeah. we later saw on the replays, yeah, 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 his, yeah. his leg had gone. So I don't think the 10-8s are necessarily It seemed valid. like more like a 10-9 to me. I thought it was a 10-9. I thought he was doing good work off his off his back. He was thro- throwing elbows. I thought he lost comfortably. Yeah. But I, I didn't think it was a 10-8. T- a but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think like he's done some douche stuff. He really has. And I'm not overly excited to, to see him, I, I want to see him fight in the UFC again, of course. I do, I know you don't, but don't. I think there's some people that have made good fights. But again, it's not even, at this point, it's not even an anti-Connor thing. It's an anti-Connor and the UFC thing, yeah. as I said. That's the weird thing. It was previously an anti-Connor thing. Yeah. But now it's like, I don't trust the pair together. Yeah. But, but what Chris was saying about... But we've seen it, we've seen it with Mike Tyson. You know, we, we, you see it with so many yeah. people that their careers go, they make a lot of money, very mm. young, and they go off the rails... And then they do at some point almost pull it back. But whatever happens, people tune in to either see them win or lose. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a weird one. But the the hype yeah, and the banter and whatever, it goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode about Micro is it funny or is it just nasty? Oh, right. And I think Connor was that on this one. Previously, he's been hilarious. And then you go back to Chow Sonnen. His 
fight talk was just oh, amazing. It was he, like he was again, the, best smack the one that gets me still was when Anderson all the Brazil Silver. were Silver. after him. Silver. Always, all the Brazil were after him. There were death threats. Ben they were like. worried about him going out there. And then he says, "Look, I've had death threats." You know, but I'm going out to Brazil. Send anyone you want. Just don't send anyone you want back. And it's like, that is a stone cold line. And they were always pre-written and pre-prepared and stolen from films. And all yeah. sorts. Of, and he's admitted all of that. But that was good stuff. And the Conor McGregor, who the fuck is that guy? Like, all, all those bits were golden. But this pa- era... Felt like a parody was him, Yeah, a parody exactly. of because, because, like we were talking about me on the... Uh, Previous drunk cast. Yeah. I, 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 he's I'm now enjoying that. To, he's doing that. Yeah. He's having he's to do playing that. But, the character. but then, when once you've got a hundred million in the account, and you've got imagine like the people that that are drawn to you when you've got that much money. Mm. Like I have it now, like used to, and other people. I've got a few quid to chuck about, <laughs> and um, you're on. yes men to me. Imagine what he's got. Like hangers on, yeah. hangers, absolute cleg nuts, yeah, tiger nuts. But any other MMA MMA stuff you want to talk about i enjoyed you reining yourself in on the mma podcast because in our group chat you were hating on sean o'malley yeah, really and i was awesome. ready for that oh, hate to do, come out yeah, and you yeah. kind of reined it in a little bit that was an emotional response that was i was tuning in ready because blake was quite diplomatic and like yeah this 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 and What's i was like what, what, what on our I don't remember Blake Chip. Who's Blake? Who's no, no, guy? that's on the podcast. What? Blake was Chip. Not in the group message, mate. Well, not on in the group, group message. message. He was there. I'm like, genuinely only talking about our group message oh, here. Okay. But Stuart, you don't that... have a group message just you guys and Blake, though, right? No, no, no it's got Brian uh, Brian Lacey in as well. <laughs> He's king of the bands. <laughs> I tell you what, he is the Chris Glasson of, uh, oh, of yeah. MMA. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like... He's, uh, I never thought I'd meet someone that understood MMA, was so funny, but would quote like Edward de Bono all the time. <laughs> like, which is a really smart dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, measured. Oh, mate, the, I've never, yeah. ever seen him get a name wrong. No. He's always <laughs> spot on. Um, He's always but spot yeah, on. I, we're talking about, the, I guess, what the UFC are hoping to be another superstar. They're, they're, they're priming him, aren't they? Of course. Sugar, uh, Sean O'Malley, to be the next. You know, following that, I guess that, you know, the the, the thing that they've done with Connor and what they've done with Ronda, and and I think he's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you, you can't necessarily question his abilities at the moment. You know, one one loss, but he's refusing to accept that. Um, <laughs> I enjoy that. I do yeah, enjoy yeah, that. I enjoy a bit of, ah, oh, I broke my leg. It's nothing to yeah. do with you. Um, but... Yeah, it was it was just I got emotional. I got caught up in it, and he's a big prospect for those that don't understand MMA. This guy is like being tipped to be like the, the next big thing, mm. and he's so good. He's charismatic as well. Yeah, and he's got, he's all got of the that. full thing. He's got star quality, and he's his opponent uh, got pulled from the fight, injured, um, just leading up to it. Was he injured or COVID? Either or injured, and so there was an opportunity for someone to fight him. Now, needless to say. Everybody in that division that was a little bit below him wants to fight him because he's all the... that was a fair bit above him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, because he's a bigger name. He's the big name. Yeah, the UFC swerved all of that and pulled someone from another organisation that had had a very checkered career mad, that felt a little bit lamb to the slaughter. Yeah, and it felt a bit, a bit sad, really. That this this kid, but no one was even crediting this kid with anything, and he come in there and he didn't stop coming forward. And he pressured Sean O'Malley. He never won a round, but he 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 looked. He was brave as you like. He threw the shots that O'Malley were throwing at him. Were kind of he was he was taking them, and it wasn't stopping his his you know he's he's moving. Do forward. you think Sugar was panicked? I think Sugar don't like fighting off the back foot. I absolutely agree. You know I, what? I think what? it was fun. I think it was fantastic to watch. Like I, I didn't think the the damage absorption was 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 a great strategy. What? But at the same you, time, I've never seen Sugar look so panicked you, in the you, ring. You know, my favorite MMA podcast is the Jack Slack podcast, yeah. and then the 100%. MMA fan he's, podcast. He's but yeah. he <laughs> pointed out something amazing after this was what O'Malley struggled with, and apparently his corner have admitted this now is. His opponent, I can't even, even remember his name. That's that's really disrespectful. Captain Jack. Um, he kept a sw- a sw- a sw- a switching stance. Yep. 
And because O'Malley is a stance switcher, if you've got someone who's not switching stance, you know that when you're southpaw, here's what you're going to land. When you're orthodox, here's what you're going to land. If they're switching stances, that doubles and gives you so much more to think about because you're southpaw, oh, but now he's also southpaw. So it's not the the, the things I would have gone for. And he didn't know that was was going to happen and, and Jack's like kind of highlight this and you watch it back and you do see he's kind of overthinking things a bit yeah and it's it's, yeah, it's that kind of all oh, right he's not what I was ready for in this stance I've got my back leg high kick I've got this I've got that I've got that and in this stance I've got xyz whereas that went out the window and he had to kind of have a little bit more time of mm. calculating it all which we I should, we was should really say we should also say despite my um sort of like observation that O'Malley did look in some way panicked Hence, why he was looking at the clock. He also landed a record number of fucking he won every round yeah, comfortably. shots on comfortably. the lad. Also, but he showboated, and that is what fucked me. Like off. The Phoenix that, Sun shit. That was right. too that's, early. Too that's early. what annoyed you. But my argument on that was, it's not his fault. His opponent changed, <laughs> and if you tune in for a Sean O'Malley fight, you're expecting some flashiness, some this and some that. So you can't then go, well, as my opponent has changed, I'm going to turn it down. And as, as we discussed in our other group message, um, what? What? Um, the casuals aren't going to know the opponent has changed. So, so they're just tuning in to see this guy good. that's got loads of hype. He's got a do all of that shit, even if it is a bit disrespectful and it's a bit patronising because his opponent isn't even yeah. on his level. As we discussed in, in our threes group message, he tried to get in the octagon with his flip-flops on. When he got in the octagon, he didn't know where he was meant to stand. This is all illustrations of how inexperienced at yeah, this level yeah. the was. guy was. Yeah. Again, he put on an amazing, resilient yeah. performance. Brilliant. But how yeah, how much are you depth. into that now? Right. So like let me let me rewind back to when we first started to watch this. And we'd even see what like fights with the Huntings and Beach Bad Boy. No, that was um what's his bollocks, T-O. wasn't it? Tio. Who was the Bad New York Bad Boy who had an incredible physique? Do you remember him? Yes. Oh, what's his name? He wasn't. No, that Stu, good. give us the answer. You got a fucking podcast oh, about it now. He pops up. He was beefing recently with Dan Hardy. Still fighting? No, Not he must really. be he fucking getting. He must, yeah, he must be fucking good. in a, I can't a wheelchair. Think, yeah. Anyway, what I, what I'm thinking of is that, like back then, I would love a war. <laughs> Stu's cracking up at the idea of a fighter <laughs> being in a wheelchair. Classic bands. <laughs> I'd love a war. Yeah, and I loved the war for many, many years. It's probably only the last three years now. I'm starting to not love a war, but that was it, and that's where we disagreed on this fight as well. Was I thought it should it should have been stopped sooner because this wasn't a war. This was a one sided war. This was yeah, yeah. America against a terrorist threat that wasn't doesn't really yeah. have any weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what this was, and you know that Thanks that. You. Sorry, did it didn't you want to be No, I didn't. Because, that weren't being... I'm a barman. You no. keep shaking a fucking empty can at me. Oh, bro, that wasn't... I was oh, seeing if quickly, there was any booze in there. Jeeves. In, in, in between sorry. the last podcast... I'm so sorry. Uh, we, uh, we forgot to, to take our Polaroids. Yeah. So let's take the episode two Polaroid live on episode three. Can you try and get in shot? Can you in shot? Three, two, one... There you go. That's a good. That's a good bit of sound, isn't it? A proper Polaroid. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, sure. So yeah, I, I, and, it, and it got stopped thirty seconds from the end when he was being unloaded on. But he was. He was. I'm not going to get into it again. Sean Sheehan of Severe MMA, who's mm. been on the MMA fan podcast, yes. which is another one. It's probably my real number two. Mm. Um, <laughs> but. Um, he spoke no, on his. So well, he spoke on his podcast about thirty seconds is more than enough to do irreparable brain damage, and mm. you, you'll know from the <laughs> transfer. From- <laughs> Sorry, so so many places to go with that. I got confused but- of who I was going to fire my insults at. Whose mum I was going <laughs> to insult. Um- like you'll know of the transfer over from being primarily a boxing fan to an MMA fan. Mm. That the reason. Boxing has more damage done. Isn't knockouts? It's the repeated blows course, yeah. to the head and repeated concussions. Blows, and that's why. All right, and that's why I was glad it was stopped and thought it should have been stopped sooner yeah. because 
no one thought O'Malley was going to lose. There was no point that it looked like he didn't get caught badly, anything yeah. like that. This was just an extended pummel, pummel, pummel. And it's healthier for a fighter to get knocked out in the first 10 seconds for, than it is to have f- 15 minutes of a guy landing 10 punches for every punch that you land. And they weren't, it wasn't, the, the, I've got a star. It wasn't Diaz style. Light, light, no, light, no, touchy, no. touchy. O'Malley really? was landing hard punches after hard punches. Yep. And I think, again, when you and me were watching Brad Pickett's last fight, I was fine with when it ended. And you were like, it's his last fight. Let, let him fight on. And yeah. I understand that, but it is, it's that kind of, well, if he's done, he's, the, mm. he's done. Regardless of story or, or yeah. what you want to, or going out on your shield, it's like, no, don't let him take. Th- even 30 seconds more mm. of blows to the head because that could be, you know, horrible of what the damage it yeah. does. But definitely put a microphone in front of that guy's mouth because he's really famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the trouble of it all. Protect the fighter is the referee's job. It's not the production team's yeah. job. And that's where it's a, a fucking problem. Yeah. Anyway, shall we move on from him? Yes. Oh, please, because um, I'm bored out of my fucking mind now. Come on. Three things I'm going to get eventually onto... Um, <laughs> The Sh- uh, uh, Sh- Shane McGowan documentary, which will blow your mind, Chris. It won't. And stop saying blow, because no, you're saying blow every other sentence now. Blow isn't even a dirty thing. It is it's a dirty word. I'm going to have a blow and go. Stop saying blow. <laughs> stop saying the word well, blow. You've got your plans for the evening. I've got mine. <laughs> um, I was in your toilet. <laughs> All right. Just now, Stu. Nice one. And Chris Blue. <laughs> no. And I saw... Uh, uh, a signed photograph of um, the Rocky right. Horror Picture right. Show. Can I just say this is weird? I want to no, 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 no. I want to talk. I want to talk. I was offering you in my mind in your toilet money for your signed autograph. It's not mine. Listen, it's from I want, the Rocky Horror Picture yeah, Show. Yeah, Rocky yeah. Horror Picture Show. I want. I want for a, anyone who's listening who hasn't just been in Stu's toilet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you've had a lot of people in there in your toilet. <laughs> it's not mine. Right? It's Carol's. Listen, I want to offer your wife some money for that picture because. I always, it always reminds me of the great times I've around here. Whenever I go and have a piss, I collect my thoughts in your toilet and I always see that photo and I'd love to, I, I was thinking in that toilet, I want to make an offer for Selective it. Selective memory. I would say 10% of the times that Chris has had a drink, a, a piss here, it's, it's been not in been in your toilet, it's been <laughs> in your garden. But those times, memorable. But it made me think, have I ever told you about the time I did the time walk on stage <laughs> with Richard O'Brien? No, but have you t- did you tell my wife when you were standing there? <laughs> yeah, we had a good chat. So let's wrap things up. <laughs> um, I, I mean, let, let's talk about that because, I mean, that's incredible. And it was me, Richard O'Brien, I'll sling... It was... I was re- reluctant to join him. Was you on holiday? Where, where was I was this? reluctant to join him, but Neil Gaiman made me. Oh, what a cunt for saying Neil Gaiman. Throw that in there. One of I the mean, best fucking writers in the country. 100%. I was there with Neil Gaiman. You'd love the podcast I did no, with him. I wouldn't. Honestly, that episode is, is one of my favourite. Neil but... Gaiman's a prick. How dare you? So, so this was a weird week. I went on Six Music on on Lamax sh- sh- show. Yeah, Round Table. Yeah, on Round Table. And I was on with... Um, Amanda Palmer mm-hmm. and Amanda Palmer my throwback Thursday today on off the beaten track was my amazing. episode with Amanda Palmer a great episode and Amanda was like I know you worked with a friend of mine Saul Williams wow. so I know you're deep but he, she said most importantly my husband Neil Gaiman has said that you're really oh, good and I was God. like mad that's, that's a madness mad, that's and mad, she said yeah. after we finished recording she said I'm playing at the at the roundhouse on, on, on Thursday or Friday where it was a few days ago away do you want to do something and I was like, yeah, I've got a song called A Left From God To Man. I've got a song called called Mr. Sandman. Yeah. And let's do it. And I got there after her gig had started. So no sound check, no prep. I'd been to see, I think I went to see Gideon Conn, who had supported us a load of times. I was a big fan. He was playing Good up dude. the road. And then I get there and I'm like, I, I, I let like the stage crew know. Within 10 minutes of getting there, they're like, come on. And she introduces me. And I have to say to her band, I'm like, go about this tempo. And I perform a letter from God to Man. And it went amazingly. Like I, was, I would have expected it to go appallingly because I'm very so cool. prepped. And as we know, I'm very organised. Mm. All went amazingly. And then I'm side stage 
just watching the, the rest of her gig, and it's amazing. Her fans adore her. The love. I've played Coco. I, I love. It's my f- favorite venue, but the love her fans have for her is a mind-blowing connection. But I'm watching it all with her husband, Neil Gaiman. Oh, that's mind-boggling. And then the encore, they get a, a Richard O'Brien out to do to perform the time walk with them, and me and and Neil are watching and then Neil grabs me and drags me on stage to do the time walk with Richard O'Brien, Amanda Palmer and her band and it was just, this was all a night that I was like, I'll pop there after a gig. Wow. <laughs> I'll pop there after I've, I've watched a mate play and then I'll pop and do this. Absolutely so. mind-blowing. He's got to be really old, Richard O'Brien. He was in yeah, a full latex bodysuit mm. and he looked fucking amazing. Yeah, respect yeah. to Richard O'Brien. I'd yeah, rocked absolutely. up in the clothes I was wearing and yeah. <laughs> did a little gig. Again, I'd got there and I hadn't seen Amanda Palm before, so I didn't know how glorious her stage shows yeah. were. They're this big thing. So I felt underdressed, but it was amazing. Mm. But yeah, Whatever clothes you're wearing, you've got to imagine filling them f- full of hair, though, haven't you? That yeah. must make you hot. Um, I can't believe that with Neil Gaiman. I saw, um, you know, these... Mar- do you see, like, on... Uh, you're not on Facebook, Pip, but, like, you're scrolling through and then you get the masterclass things. Yeah. And there was one with Neil... And the things he said in 30 seconds on an ad. Honestly, you'd love... I was just like, oh, man, this guy's incredible. Like, he was... Like, how he was like, I don't... You know, there's not always an extreme strict plan of where I'm going. And I was just like, oh, fucking hell. That was such a relief to hear that. I genuinely loved the podcast we did because it was so relaxed. I turned up at her and Neil's house, which is on, like, a canal... In, uh, in North London. Neil wasn't there yet. I knocked on the door. Amanda answered the door, naked or semi-naked, but it's Amanda, so that's not new. Um, that's kind of, of what she does, because she had driven home from a gig the night before because she wanted to have a night, a day with their kid and with and Neil. So she uh, lets me in, and we have a, a bit of a chat. And again, because it's Amanda Palmer, it wasn't disorientating at all that she's not got clothes on because yeah. she's known for being very free and open. And then Neil gets home and we start recording, and it's one of the most relaxed conversations I've had because it was so in their home, in the yeah. moment, in the room. And some of the things I learnt off him in that, in that conversation. He, just... He's written like um, comic books that I remember being in WH Smith's and just um, reading them on the floor, like, and going through the whole th- fucking thing. Like uh, Sandman, he's just like an insane fucking concept. Like, yeah, I've never, he's so intelligent. I, I, I told Neil this, but I've never read Sandman because the same girl I talked about who's 18th I ruined <laughs> gave me Sandman and then we broke up. So I've had the first book of Sandman for Age, but I've never read it because I was like, oh, fuck, it's associated to, yeah, to that girl. Yeah. And and you talked about on one of the hardcore listings how, yeah. how Counting Crows are one of them bands. Yeah, but it's yeah, like, yeah. as soon as anyone's into Counting Crows, I'm like, oh, which girlfriend was that that played that? Because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's such a relation yeah. to a, yeah. a previous, like an ex or whatever. But yeah, and then that leads me on to how you've talked. Were you at the Coco gig that Billy Bragg performed with us? No, were there the I, next night? I was there the next night. It yeah. was one that you talked about Billy Bragg with with Cunt on Acceptable in the 80s. And again, as I've, I've said about, I'll post about stuff from my my music times because it feels like a different life. And it just gave me flashbacks to how nervous I was to sing a Billy Bragg song with Billy wow. Bragg. And Warren lent Billy Bragg his guitar. So it was, a, it was a me and Dan gig, so it wasn't even that, but... Billy was coming up from like where he lives out south west, um, and was like, Yeah, I'll come and play because in get b- better, obviously, I, I say, as Billy said, whether you have yeah. or you have not a wealth, the system might fail you, but don't fail yourself. So, we got him out to Sorry, do what come, came up with that one. That's, that's Billy, it's a good one, oh, isn't it? Okay. But yeah, we performed to have and to have not, and I did the, uh, the opening verse, Itch did the middle verse, and then. Billy ended it, but Billy playing guitar, Dan had made some synth bits for it. And that is, at that point in my career, I'd never get nervous on stage because it's like, oh, it's cool. But the, the sound check alone was more nervous than well, I've been in yeah, years because it was like, I'm not covering a Billy Bragg song. I'm covering it with Billy Bragg playing guitar on it. Did you, like, imposter syndrome? 100%. The thing that 
got me through it was the reason I love Billy Bragg was it's a bloke who sings in the accent I've grown up around. Yeah. Was that comfort? And he sings like he's, he yeah. sings about the A13. Yeah. He literally sings about the fucking A13. So yeah. that familiarity made me feel comfortable. And yeah, there's a video of it online and it, we, the video cuts off just after I look up at my mum in the balcony and go, mum, did you fucking see that? That was Billy Bragg. Cause it's, it's genuinely, it blew my mind that the, the Billy's come down to, to do this for us. Like, he didn't have to. We were like, look, this is probably our last ever tour. Like, we knew at that point this was our kind of farewell tour. And Billy was like, yeah, I'll come down. And then we did get better afterwards. And yeah. to get to say that line that is quoting Billy and to look side stage at Billy Bragg, I genuinely had tears in my eyes as I yeah. was doing it. Because I'm like, I'm quoting this guy because I think he's one of the best writers in history. Absolutely. And he's come all this way just... As a Absolutely. mate, as a favour. You, you mentioned, like, we're talking to Cunt about him, and I was... Uh, he, he was like most people, he'd heard New England and sexuality, uh-huh. and I was like, look, he's playing this small venue. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Just Let's just go. And uh, Reading, it was. Right. And, uh, no, Cambridge, sorry. Uh, and, we, and we got there... Uh, went to the wrong venue first. And when, when we got there, <laughs> yeah, there was, so there, was a, there was a folk band on. <laughs> it's just like uh, I went. Now, nah, mate, you want to go to the exchange? I was like, oh, bollocks. Um, but yeah, when we did I just get, want to uh, quickly say, as you're saying this, your dog walked in. I reached down and stroked its head. Chris reached down and put his hand out for it to lick. What does that mean? So, what are you having a go at me? Interpret it however you want. <laughs> who's shaking Zavi now? There's so, so much about who's, it. Who's, who's she around who's whose feet now? Mine. Continue with your I story. I don't know where but, but we, we, we left there and, and kind of bought like a bit of Billy had published a couple of books that were available of like uh, his lyrics and stuff. And and it was in the lead up to the election, so it was a little bit heavy on on, um, on politics, on politics right, so. um, because and if you're going to go to a Billy Bragg gig in the lead up to the election, what do you expect? It's interesting uh, how few of his songs are political, though. Like the first time I had him on the podcast, he talked to us like everyone thinks I'm a, a political writer. I write love songs. Yeah, that's all I've ever ever yeah. written. The the fact that his biggest song says I don't want to change the world, I'm just looking for another girl. Yeah. It's like that's the ultimate kind of fuck the politics. I'm just it's love songs, but that's his. I went back because I I I got into him with workers' playtime and and that's fucking Valentine's Day is over. Just you've influenced me there massively. The as as me and Chris talk about a lot. I've written a load of scripts in recent times, and a few are in development, a few aren't. Honestly, I feel (laughs) the best script I've ever written has got a whole section that is about. A, a tank part salute, oh. and that was because of you bringing it up on our songs that make us cry. the The script is called "Leave the Lights On," oh. which is obviously a key part of that. And yeah, that was a song. There's been a few like that, man. When you add a Colin Murray on, and I was always all about um, what's my favourite a Proclaimer song. I've had a drink as well. Sunshine so. on Leaf. No, no, I was all about the other one. The other love song. I've forgotten the name of it. It's Let's my favourite. America. No. Uh, um, I'll be... Um, uh, then I Met You. Then I Met You. I think that's the best. I, I brought it up on, on Colin's radio show and he was like, it's not even their best love song, mm. let alone the best love song. And he brought up a Sunshine on Leaf, yeah. as, as Chris said, and that blew my mind oh. hearing that. And then on Colin's podcast, which is amazing, do you hear the one he had on with... Oh man, I'm forgetting everything now. I feel like Chris. When you messaged me and said um, about Deacon Blue, doing Deacon Blue, Dignity. Deacon Blue, yeah, he he spoke about them doing Dignity at, at Tea in the Park, oh. and uh, Dignity has always been a huge song for me because Deacon Blue were the band that my parents would have on in the car on holidays, mm. and we'd always go caravans either in the UK mm. or, or France because we weren't rich enough to go mm. on more exotic holidays. And Deacon Blue were always the band, but Dignity was the one that starts. That stuck with me, and the podcast he did with Deacon Blue is so beautiful because I don't do a lot of podcasts, mm. and they was talk it Ricky and his missus, yeah, yeah, it's both of them, and they just talk so honestly, and they played a little bit from that performance at Tea in the Park, and as a Scottish band that have always been kind of under the radar. They're huge, but not. They were weird. They were fucking massive, But it's mate. weird, because they've never been the big n- number ones yeah. type band. They've always been this 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 thing. 
and to have them go back and play tea. And, and they talked about how their kids were at that gig and their kids had never particularly thought of their parents as cool. Yeah. And then they played tea in the park and with dignity, he just plays the first bit and hands it over to the crowd and the crowd sing the whole first yeah, verse. It's amazing. And it's just the goosebumps. They played a bit of it. I stopped the podcast and got YouTube up immediately to play that because it was just... As soon as you messaged me, <sighs> I was like, right, I'm in the, I'm, I was literally in the living room with, with, with the kids and I was like, I'm going to go in the front room for this because I know what's going to happen. Tear and one like, out. Literally fucking bullying my eyes out. It was like... It's uh, like, so beautiful. Because Colin talks about... Obviously, when he done Alcoholism, he spoke about crowd singing. Yeah. yeah. And he spoke about, like, um, Hibs fans singing Sunshine, Sunshine and Leaf. And, Leaf. and the Irish football team, whose name escapes me, singing Hold Me Now with Johnny Logan. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just incredible. There's a Florence and the Machine performance, which I had on the other night, where she's doing Dog Days Are Over, or maybe the first time they were on the main stage as the sun's going down. And she's literally getting the crowd to sing bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, oh, it's just goosebumps. But I, then... I once watched Florence Headline Festival stood next to her dad. And her dad was the most excited person I've ever seen, the proudest person ever. And it was only tarnished by just before it happened, I robbed the bank saying, oh, we were originally holding this headline slot for Prince and then it fell through. <laughs> And Prince is obviously my favourite. So I'm, I'm sitting there watching Florence, who I adore, who like we had gigs together coming up. She's, I think she's amazing. But all the time thinking, imagine if I stood here for Prince. Fuck's sake, Bob. <laughs> Dan, do you want to go get an up dog? Fucking mood ruiner. <laughs> yeah. um, do you want to well, open a present? We've not got what's in the bag yet. Shit, that was what we are going to start episode three with. Right. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? What's in the bag? So, what's so in the to box? bring it up to Is speed. Is it Gwyneth Paltrow's head? Right. Oh, I wish. So your, mu- your mum, <laughs> no, I don't your wish mum buried it in the garden. <laughs> no, she, she didn't. You might. Your family You said it was done. buried in the garden. Now, let's give Pippi's present first. First of all, it's a present. It's in a Christmas packaging, yeah. FYI, which is very nice. There's a Santa popping a hat on a snowman. Yeah. A Santa. It's just Santa, isn't it? They're not... Yeah, there's not many of them. It's a test... No, uh, uh, a Sainsbury's jiffy bag. No expense bear, mate. Pip, your birthday. It's your birthday, you sparingly, Chris, and it's pubes again. It's once again, it's pubes. <laughs> Obviously... Just pubes. But also, I shampooed and conditioned those pubes. Oh, well done. No, honestly, no expense spared. Alberto fucking Balsam. Interestingly, and Chris won't know this because it was... You're crying, Pip. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Chris won't know this because it was in the network group or whatsapp and i know for a fact he did not read those <laughs> could not be bothered there's so many there's so many and you're all so witty i can't be bothered but but i posted in there that the infamous story of me selling relevant to the 10 year anniversary of introduction and distraction pieces i infamous, infamously sold my beard cuttings right. from that right. which chris has later admitted he tried to ramp up the the, the, the ebay <laughs> things but um the person I sold it to stopped responding, which I now wonder if it was Chris. So I'm, I've got them in my cupboard still, and I, I posted a picture in our, our network yep. group because it was always a PR thing. It got reported yeah. in the NME and numerous other things that, 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 that I'm s- s- selling my infamous beard. It was free press. But, 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 yeah, I've still got my beard in a very similar bag. Mine's a Tesco's. A jiffy bag, mm-hmm. or was technology's come bag. on, mate? Though yeah, technology, you moved on to Sainsbury's. yeah, yeah, man. Use sparingly, mate. That's really all I'm nice. gonna say. Really, yeah, it looks clean. You're right. It feels like it no, has honestly, been. Honestly, I really gave him a good wash today. Well done, mate. And the best thing is, here's a double win. Uh, uh, my girlfriend's been saying your pubes are out of control. Yeah. So I've been able to cut my pubes for a friend's birthday, not to the point where my girlfriend's got to ask why are your pubes so short. Yeah, you know, because if I had to cut them normally, they'd be down to the bone, you know, down to the stalk. I've been able Quite to do that. The bone, you yeah, didn't literally. Need to, you didn't need to, and my and my girlfriend now won't even know that I've cut them for a friend. I haven't given them well. to my mate, other than the fact that she'll listen to this because well, she doesn't trust life, me. Mate. You're I welcome, know. Molly. You're welcome. My birthday is for everyone. Alberto Balsam shampoo and conditioner. The on those. Is for the children. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see what else is in there? Hundred percent. The fact that that's 
that Stu guessed that the first the first gift gift was pubes. Oh, hello, it's long. Thank you. Do you want to unwrap this bad boy? Have you already had the circumcision? <laughs> is this is this your weighty foreskin? <laughs> Come on, open this bad boy up. Yeah. But, be, but also be careful. Paper. What am I going to give this to? Stu, go on to birthday Stu. Boy. No, no, birthday right, boy. Right. Come on, birthday boy. Birthday boy. All right. It's lighter than I was expecting. Is it a snake? Don't be rude. An eel. <laughs> it's an, an eel. eel. An eel. I got this one it's out of the mud after. It's a mud. That, that is a legitimate find. That's an arc. If you like the detectorists, There's what are you looking at? There's pattern on it. It's a, a, a thin piece of metal that has a right angle at the end, but it's got some kind of pattern design on it. I hope there's a payoff with this because this is fucking disappointing. Little update, there's no payoff. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe you big that up. It's a bit of metal. It's a, a rusty bit of metal. Oh, hey, you, you, that's so upsetting, Stu. Look at that. That's a real find in your back you garden. You look at the design is, work mate. on it. Oh, yeah, it's fucking... No, I yeah. dug that. That took me about this four end. hours, you fucking... Look! That's a full tank. What? That almost looks like what? a sword, doesn't it? No, it it's doesn't been look bent. like a sword. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's like a sword. Oh, at what distance can you focus without your glasses? <laughs> that, is that better? <laughs> probably part of a bit of a trim from a fucking kitchen drawer. No, Rubbish, look at the design. Mate. Look at the design. It's, no, no, I'm not getting excited about this. Look at it, feel it. It's quite nice. Exactly. Look at that. Doesn't that look Celtic? Yeah, I think... Um, I think. It's what would bit, you say that was, Stu? It's just a bit of trim. It's just a bit of trim from something. When you was young, what was that on? <laughs> That's what I brought in to say. Oh, dear. I've got a response from uh, the Essex Museum about it. I can't believe you contacted the museum cunts. about this. No, shit. I did because I'd, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Uh, I bet they the were detectorists. really polite about um, a fucking. I'd wa- I hope the- they were more excited about this than what we are. I'd watch a detectorist, and I thought, oh, maybe this maybe. looks like it is no further back from when Stu was putting <laughs> pegs in a tree to get. Do you not s- think s- 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 sap to make? They, but he said, "What a marvelous find!" Right, and then and then said, say? "We don't need to value it." Yeah. What a fucking arsehole, man. You I pulled that straight out of someone's grave that had a crown and jewels in it. Yeah, it's hard to explain. On or Would you like to describe it for, it's for about, the listeners? I'd say it's about 40 inches long and then you bend it. So it's got an ultimate appearance of 30 inches long. That's what and she it's said. got um And it's got sort of like Celtic decoration all the way down it. In still, mm. did you just hear Stu fart? <laughs> fart as he's weeing outside but his it's own also garden. superly rusted. And if you understand what a sword looks like, <laughs> that's patronising. <laughs> Do your listeners know what a sword is and that is good? If you're listening and you're not familiar with swords, Google a sword and then, uh, then we'll take it from it there. It looks like a sword that's a little bit bent. And look, that looks like... It the, does not look like nubbing, a sword. You nubbing, are pushing it. It does not look like a, a sword tang. that's bent. Do you know what a tang is? Like a full tang sword. That, to me, reminds me of that should have been a tang of a blade. I'm leaning more towards Stu and the ultimate disappointment of this. <laughs> yeah. I got that in my back garden, you rude cunts. I love that, that Chris has watched The Detectorists, a wonderful series. Um, and got overexcited about a bit of took. I'm so upset. I even wrapped that in the towel. If you would have turned up car. at a community centre for an episode of Antiques Roadshow, <laughs> someone would have patted you on the shoulder and said, thanks, mate, go over there and have a cup of tea no. and a biscuit. That took me about four hours w- to pull out w- the fucking guard. Did you dig that up? Yeah, I digged it up, w- you cunt. <laughs> Jesus. I, I watched the, 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 the David Dickinson one, Dickinson's Real Deals. Oh, oh. Right. That is my favourite because you get creeps standing in the background peeping through the so the lineup. We've all laughed extensively, right, at my wedding photo, right, mm-hmm. uh, and my haircut, which is obviously absolutely disgracefully bad, highlighted mullet. Yeah, I literally saw this picture the other day, and I just thought. In 20 years' time... This is going to be great for an audio podcast. Keep going. Will, you, you need to put it on your Instagram, because in 20 years' time, should we renew our vows? <laughs> that is exactly... <laughs> that is the look you're going to have. David... David Dickinson. Describe it a bit. Um, like, kind of um, safari two-piece. Not too dissimilar from what Chris is wearing, but Chris is wearing camo uh, two-piece. But obviously, I had a really bad uh, peroxide mullet and white suit, and... Uh, yeah, and he's got a very similar sort of tan to what I've got at the moment. You're uh, very tanned at the moment, which 
brings us on to your holiday. Oh, okay, right. To your weekend away. Spoiler or, or inside um, MMA type talk. Um, Chris has just gone for a wee, so he can probably hear you though. So he, he can. Look at you. Is he doing the poo or a wee? That was very strained. I'm actually quite drunk. Now. Although his willy is quite broken. So what's the what happened on your holiday? So all I know right. is that we were having some chat in the Pod Bible group, so it's work stuff, mm-hmm. and there was a bit of banter going back and forth, and you just said, I've had a fucking shit weekend. A weekend away went wrong. Car broke down. I'll talk to you later. Um, so I was really looking forward to getting away uh, for a weekend. With the family. Yes. A staycation. Yep, glamping, in fact. Glamping, no less. Uh, in Mersey Island. Not too far. Really? Anywhere and, near my uh, dad's caravan? Because my dad's got a a, a, a caravan in, in on Mercy Island. Really? Interestingly, as I found out of Yilla recently, whose parents have also bought a caravan in Mercy Island, Mercy Island was the most Instagrammed town in the UK in 2020. And I assume that's in relation to the population, percentage of population, but yeah. Anyway, carry on. I doubt you Instagrammed your glamping holiday. Glamping. So... Tell me about it. Glamping is basically camping, but... um, With glamour? No. Oh. uh, Bejazzled. Without a tent. Without a tent. So they go, here's a shed um, with a couple of beds in it and uh, a plug socket. Now, fuck off. (laughs) And and literally is that. Uh, And so... (laughs) So... Needless to say, having a big estate car uh, and the boot don't work because um, it's one of the electric ones and the, and the thing got wet, so that was fucked. So I had to load everything in through the back seat. And then off we went. And with Mersey Island, one way in, one way off. And it's tidal as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're not on and off at a certain time, you can't get mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So it was all timed nicely. And then about a mile from there, in traffic, at temporary traffic lights, uh, on the approach to the one way in, one way off, my clutch fell out of my car. Oh, no. Um, on and, the way there. Yeah. And oh. now when we, we speak about them things that we mentioned at the beginning, about being emotional, and when you, you're getting emotional, when someone says, all right, calm down, <laughs> you think like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like, so at that point, I just thought, my weekend away that I've been looking forward to for a long, long time is now going to involve me having to go through the ball lake of finding a relay service and mm. getting towed home and not having a break. Mm. So rather than get out and pop the bonnet and stand around and scratch my nuts and sort of look at it like I know what I'm talking about, I got out of the car and I kicked the car and called it a cunt, uh. um, to which I then got told to not use that language. Yeah. Uh, mm. Retract it. It wasn't a very good idea, was it? Because I dented my car and hurt my foot. Um in hindsight, fair point. You've got bad feet as well, and Yeah, they're not good. They're not good. They're a bit of a um, mess. And so, um, my brother-in-law... Horrific, actually. Yeah, all right. Like, my brother-in-law... Seriously, it's like a Mel Jesus Gibson... Christ. No, it's like Mel Gibson in Ransom. Mm. Have you ever seen that movie? Best or is it Payback? You know where he gets his toes hit with a fucking hammer? Best mm. description for uh, a, a gammy toe ever was Cunt's toe, who had an ingrown toenail like mine. Oh, uh, no. But it was like about a centimetre square... Inside his massive big toe. Oh, cunt. And he called it Kenny. And it really <laughs> looked like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, so uh, my brother-in-law come out, pumped the, 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 cl- uh, the clutch, and went, I reckon you can get there if you go for it. <laughs> As you all know, I'm a little bit driving Miss Daisy. I'm not a fast driver. No. And I was like... You're just trying to spoil my story. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. And less fast and furious, more slow and curious. Exactly that. Exactly that. So, but this point, I was angry, and we we popped uh, my family into my brother-in-law's car. Mm -hmm. So I was on my own, uh, and then I put my foot down, and then the temporary traffic lights turned to red, uh, and the caravanette camper van type thing in front of me stopped, and then I overtook it. Oh, and then made the classless. That is like Conor that. McGregor. Yeah, all I was of a the piece of shit. Things. But my my thinking was, if I stopped or I broke down, 
I would cause a lot more grief for all them people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet that cameraman was thinking, when this guy passes me, it had better be the ghost of Paul Walker giving me a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, this is not acceptable. I think he was thinking Maverick, driver <sighs> plan. Uh. Like, just, yeah. He, Almost, yeah, like give him a round of applause. Uh, he didn't. He was so angry. Mm. Uh, and then uh, got to the other side and there was all the people waiting at the green light that couldn't go because I was still coming. Yeah. They were all just calling me wankers. Uh, and, uh, yeah, then I managed to get to the uh, the, 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 the campsite. Uh, and then, yeah, it just was the beginning of um, a weekend that sort of didn't really tick the boxes I wanted it to tick. Why, why, why what happened? Not, why are we not slagging off pit boys? Yeah, he's gone out for a little uh, jism, hasn't he, in your car, yeah. in your car, in, in the back garden. I don't know um, what you said there. You said he's gone for a jism in my car. <laughs> Did you mean he's gone <laughs> for a wee wee in my garden? Exactly that. Nice one, brother. <laughs> but let's make fun of him. What are we going to say? Um, I don't know. Like, what should we do in them cubes? Oh, man, let's put him in his drink. Quick. Hold on, hold on. Um, let me find him. Oh, hang on, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. So, and then... Going on here? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Have you on me that really funny story, mate? It's not that funny. No. It's miserable. <laughs> That's not uh, so yeah, I got to the, the, got the, there to bring you up. I got there. Uh, I was and listening then, as I had a little wee wee. I was really, really fucking fucked off because I had to. <laughs> fucking book, uh, fucked off, no less. I had to uh, uh, call a relay and book that in to get home, and that cost me a load of money. Uh, and. That's before I even got home there. I spent another 850 quid on the car. Um, but then I just thought, I'm just going to get pissed. Uh, and it was a nice evening. Everyone, like, there was about 10 of us, and we was all sitting outside in, like, camping chairs, having a drink. And I thought, do you know what? I'll worry about it tomorrow. I'm going to enjoy myself. And I did. And then I went How back How did in. you enjoy yourself, mate? Uh, I just drank a lot of lager. and huh? uh, Fair play, mate. And, uh, and that was it. Okay. Yeah, nothing, nothing more, really. Mm. Just, uh, yeah, just didn't feel too bad about myself and thought, why well, just make the best of it? Son. Enjoy it. And uh, got really drunk. And then I thought, you know what? I'm really tired now. I'm uh, I'm going to have a nice night's sleep. And then about an hour into my sleep in this very small glamping pod with um, <laughs> uh, Carol, my two kids, they all just told me to shush because I was snoring. So I got out the glamping pod and thought I'd try and make a bed in the back of my car. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is rough. And so I made a bed in the back of my car. In your broken car. Yeah, my broken car. Are you, are you retreated to your broken car. Yeah, and managed to get to sleep <clears throat> at about maybe two a.m. and then forgot to draw the curtains in my car. Uh, and then at five, <laughs> hold on, hold obviously whoa. I haven't got curtains whoa, in my car. Whoa, whoa, That's whoa, whoa! Oh, okay. All right. And then at five a.m. it was like, oh, good morning. <laughs> Uh, and so just, yeah, burying my head in a very, very hot car. Uh, you know, it's like when you wake up at a festival hungover and the sun's beating ne- through a tent. Never done, mm. never Very been similar there. to that. It's uh, the worst. Tried to style it out and then at 7am... Imagine you shoving your face down the, s- the side of the seat. In, a su- in between a sofa biscuit. Really horrible. Pip, Pip says imagine it. Me and you have lived it. And then... Pip, have you ever woke up in a festival under... Not under perfect conditions. Yeah, 100%. I used to break into Glastonbury, you break into to Reading, sometimes with a tent, sometimes without a tent. So how would you wake up? What were the, what were the results? It's a sweaty up. mess. It's a, a sweaty mess in a tent. I once had one, right, where I'd gone to, to Reading and Leeds um, and I was there with a girl from college who I quite fancied oh. and, we'd, and we'd kissed at one point. Oh. And then as a surprise... As a surprise, two nights in... You'd ordered a boat? No. Oh. <laughs> her boyfriend from college came. Oh, hey, no. Watch out. No. So the three of us shared a tent. So I was laying there in a tent with this girl I fancied and thought I was in love with, I wasn't, and she and her boyfriend shared a, a sleeping bag and had a nice, nice little cuddle and went to sleep. And that was... Arguably, the worst night festival. No wonder ever had. No, no wonder you're I, a successful musician. I got when up, that happens to you. I got Jesus up early Christ. and went to the van's tent and saw a band called the Suicide Machines, which was exactly what I needed <laughs> at that point. And at 
absolutely connected with them and loved the suicide machines for a couple of years. But yeah, Brilliant. I've slept. Oh in my a tent god, or you two. went to a festival well, and then oh, that is you loser. So, like no one who should listen to this podcast should should be involved in that. That is so embarrassing for you. So after Shoot. burying my head for about two hours, <clears throat> I decided at seven a.m. ish, <clears throat> I was just going to get up, uh, and so I had a pair of shorts on. Um, my flip-flops were outside my car. All right, keep talking. <laughs> and as I got out of the car, a couple of the other people we were staying with had just kind of got up and were sitting outside their their, their pods. They all threw up. Like, just having a cup of tea. And then they all looked very confused as they saw me coming out of my car feet first. <laughs> <laughs> and then got up and just started walking. And they were like... Did you sleep in there? I was like, yep, and just carried on walking. And they went, where are you going? I went, see. And one of them like, must have done that. I think one of, them's, one of them's wives must have been giving him the kind of Gary Lineker wink and gone, go and check on him. Oh, and I just carried on he walking. He might not come back from the sea. I just walked oh, into the sea. I like long walks on short really beaches. A, I didn't really have a plan. I just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> and I did your thing. Do you know I what? Didn't really have a plan. We'll just see how this pans out. I guess. And it really was. And I just thought, do you know what? If I don't come back, I'm going to save everyone eight hundred quid. And like, <laughs> and mate, you know what? mate, they're still going to have to get home. <laughs> they're not just going to restart their deal, lives in mercy and deal with your fucking funeral. Fucking hell! Make a movie with your dad and like. <laughs> <laughs> My dad and Yilla's dad. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. But yeah, and so as, as, as it happened, it was bracing uh, and hangover curing, and it woke me up, and uh, and then I, yeah, and it was. There's uh, nothing like that, man. I no. can imagine like, Stu stumbling to... out zombie like. <laughs> it really like, was. Is everything all right? See. <laughs> all right, mate. It was exactly Keep like good. that. Sick brains. Check on him. <laughs> Fucking surfer zombie. Oh dear, mate. There's nothing like that though. Like um, we did uh, Carla and Dan's wedding. Carla, clarify. Um, sorry, it won't point break or anything. Cool. <laughs> it looked fucking shocking. Uh, Carla works for Katie Piper Foundation. Mm-hmm. Good friends of those guys. Uh, Wicked charity. And uh, Carla um, and Dan got married. Randomly in this, and well, not randomly, southwest in a castle. And in the morning, we all went for a swim. Mm. And we had really fucking in the moat. Put, we really, yeah, in the moat. <laughs> we had got absolutely smashy Wonko. And to get into that ocean in the morning, in like the, the fresh surf yeah. by where, all these crashing it? rocks, it was kind of like Cornwall Way. Oh, right, the ocean. Like Mausel. Right. And uh, near the lizard. I'm not making these words up. This isn't like bands. And uh, it was insane. And, like, from being fucking deadlyly hungover to wide awake and absolutely feeling right as rain, nothing will do that to you, like the cold. It. I love it. Will I've, it? I've banged on about cold showers before and all that. And, and the way Tim Clare summed it up perfectly on the podcast, like Ed got into him, he's a writer, and he said, I'll tell you this, I've never felt worse after a cold sh- 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 shower. Like, it's not always the absolute solution, but I've never felt worse afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's class minutes. It, it always though, improves it? in some way. Yeah. And again, it's that. It's like it might not solve it, but it's always you feel better in, in some level. Absolutely. And, I, and it's the same with the sea. Yeah, and the just same going with, in there. Um, maybe the police put in your front door for about 4 a.m. <laughs> that wakes you up and gets you it very, very, very clear. Seeing, like, thinking with a lot of clarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should have you should have deleted those files, basically. <laughs> Shall we end end this one and do one more? Yeah, one more, one more for the road. We're gonna, we are gonna really, we're gonna use this one up, aren't we, guys? Let's have a look what we're gonna talk about in the next one. Let me think. I definitely, I want to talk about Crock of Gold, the Shane McGowan. I want to talk about why you've got the word, uh, the initials BDT on your Instagram profile, Pip. I want to talk about. Top five TV show character names because me and Stu did that episode <laughs> of Hardcore Listening. Chris wasn't there, and I want his input. Best um, prezies. Best prezies. Yep, that's a good one. Um, Music and TV from yeah. the, the past year. 
if anything comes to mind. We, we I know films, have we? No, we've not discussed films at all. No, we haven't. So, uh, yeah. Best we'll... pornos from 2021. Mm-hmm. All those crazy porn hub. I was in lockdown with my stepbrother. We're going to get into them on the next episode. Do, do you want to make the joke about completing Pornhub again? You make it on almost every episode of Hardcore Listing. So do you want to... Come shot. What's that even mean? You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There you go. That was part three. That means part four's coming. And that might be a worry to any of you who feel that we're enjoying ourselves too much at this stage. But honestly, it's a joy as ever. We end part four with a traditional whiffing game. So um, you're going to enjoy that. Uh, Yeah. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.